0: There's a question that we ask ourselves all the time, whether you realize it or not. We ask it in a lot of different ways, and a lot of different circumstances. Uh, it's a very important question because it really shapes how we think, what we believe, what we do. And the question is this, it's simply the question, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Think about that. Think about how often through the day you actually think about that. It's something that we may be looking at something and go, well, that's a lot of calories is it worth it? The answer is usually yes to that. Um, You know, we we set our alarm at night because we want to get up and do something. You're going, whew, is it worth it, you know, to get up? But sometimes that question is even bigger. It has to do with relationships sometimes. It has to do with the way that we approach our jobs and the way that we approach other people. It's a big, big question that we ask in a lot of different ways in our life. Is it worth it. And so understanding whether things are worth it or not has to do with devotion. And we're going to be looking at that today in Acts chapter 2, what it means to be devoted. And if you think about devoted to something and its worth, I mean, those two things go hand in hand. If you're really going to be devoted to something, it means that you absolutely have to believe that this is worth it. It is absolutely worth me putting the time and the effort and the The work into to be able to get this thing done. We actually see a a pretty good picture of that happening right now, um, halfway across the globe, in the Olympics, right? We see these athletes from all different countries and all different areas who have devoted themselves, some of them years and years and years of work and practice, and it all leads up to this one moment. Sometimes it's just 30 seconds of a race, you know, sometimes... All this devotion and everything that they're pouring into in training and in working and in everything like this is just all pointing to this one moment in time. And something in their heart and in their mind has put them to the place where they go, everything that I've done to get to this one place on this one stage has been worth it. That's devotion, isn't it? We look at people like that sometimes and go, that's, that's just, wow. I can't believe that they worked that hard. I can't believe that they poured themselves into into it. You know, I think about um, some, some things that we do when we're devoted to stuff and we really want things to happen. We appreciate then that sometimes when people show up and there's a discipline that they give us in our life or that they push us a little harder. Maybe you've had a coach, maybe you've had someone in life who's, who's brought something out of you that you didn't even know was there and they've done it by, by helping you focus your devotion in the right area. That's what we want to look at today. We're we're looking at this group of believers in Acts chapter 2. Now, this video that you just saw caught you up with the story, if you were paying attention to that. That what we've seen so far is that Jesus Christ meets with the disciples, of which are about 120 at the time. And he's, he's on the side of the hill and he says, You're going to be my witnesses all across the globe. He says, But first, the Holy Spirit's going to come. And so, You're supposed to go and wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. And so they're in Jerusalem, they're waiting, Pentecost happens, you saw the story of that on the video. Peter stands up and he begins to speak to the people. Now, understand that at this point in time, the group of people that were the believers were about 120. And then we see at the end of the story, when we start in verse 41 of Acts chapter 2, it says this. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day, about... 3,000 people were added to him. Now, that's a pretty awesome message, isn't it? I mean, we go from 120 believers to 3,120 believers in a day, in a message. And what we see in this passage is, is we get a small picture. You know, it's always amazing how somebody can take just a few sentences and sum up this incredible movement. But we just get a small picture of what it looks like for the church at this point in time. 120 people, all of a sudden there's 3,120 people. And this is what it says in verse 42. They devoted themselves. Now, not just the 120. How hard is it to get 100 people to point in the same direction? Now you have 3,120 people that you're trying to point in the same direction. And this is what it says they did. They devoted themselves, all 3,120 of those people. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. and We're going to look at these things in just a minute, but I want this word devoted to sink in because devoted is the answer to the question, is it worth it? When you've determined that something is worth it, that's when you become devoted to it. And devoted doesn't just mean, oh, if it's convenient or, oh, if I like it or, oh, if it works out. It means I'm, I'm all in. I'm convinced that this is the way to go. So when it says they devoted themselves to these things. Don't miss it. Don't, don't understand that, well, they kind of did this every once in a while when they had time. No, they were devoted to these four things. And because they were devoted, here's what happened. It says in verse 43, everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. And now all the believers were together. There's that key word again, all the believers being together. And they held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to the meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day, every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So here's the, here's the picture that we have, is there were 120 believers. God pours out his spirit on them. They begin to, to speak. They draw a crowd. Peter stands up in front of the crowd and speaks. And he tells them that they need to follow Christ. They need to repent. They need to be baptized. And so about 3,000 people follow this message. And then Acts kind of hits us with this little summary here, and it says this is what these 3,120 people did. They devoted themselves in these four areas, and they saw these things begin to happen. So here's what we can gather from this that's a principle for us to to take away from this. It's real simple. My devotion leads to results. My devotion leads to results. So let me say it this way. You're devoted to something right now. Whatever it is that you're devoted to, that is leading to the results that you're seeing in your life. If you're wondering what you're devoted to, you might want to look at your calendar. You might want to look at your checkbook. You might want to think about the things that consume your thoughts throughout the day, what, what it is that just stirs in your heart all the time. That's probably the object of your devotion. You can pretty much figure out that this is what I'm devoted to. These are the things where I spend my time. These are the things where I spend my talent, my finances, my resources. I'm devoted to these type of things. And so typically... What I, I, I just tell you, what I like to do is I, I tend to talk about, well, this is what devotion looks like. But I think today I, I would, it would really help us if we first started getting an idea of what devotion is not before we really think about what it is. And because, because I think that that's a word that sometimes we either don't use or we overuse. You know what I mean? Oh, they're really devoted to that, to that type of thing. And we look at these Olympic athletes and they're, they're devoted. We can see that. We can see the results. We can see these things. But sometimes we say, well, I'm devoted to this organization or I'm devoted to my church, or, I'm de- but the actions maybe don't match up with this. So let's gain an understanding of, of what it means. And I want to just tell you something, and this is good news if you're sitting here today. So um, there, there is a phenomenon that's happened as I've grown up in church. Uh, maybe you're brand new to church. Uh, maybe you've been at church your whole life, but there's something that it's, it's happened a lot. I think it really, really happened um, in my teenage years and on into my 20s and 30s. In, in the, Especially in the 80s and 90s in the church that I grew up in. There were people who would come to church, but they weren't at church because they were devoted to Christ. And let's just say it; that's just the truth. They were at church because it was the right thing to do in the culture. And that's why they came to church now honestly we can't go well that's bad that they were no i'm not saying that was bad that they were at church i'm just saying there's a difference between being a church attender and being devoted to the things of god and we, we i experienced this in a lot of levels in a lot of different ways i saw different people and it was just quite honestly in a lot of places in the churches that i grew up in and in the time that i grew up in people who were something in the community, they maybe held a position or whatever, they had this expectation by the community, oh, you need to go to church. So they would come to church, they would check the boxes, they would do the things. And for lack of a better term or a common term that's used out there, this would be called cultural Christianity. And so people were cultural Christians. You know, you got a lot of people that say, are are you, are you a Christian? Well, yeah, I'm an American, aren't I? Okay, well, hold on a minute. These are not related necessarily. And so you have a lot of people that believe they Are in a certain culture, or they behave a certain way that they're devoted. Well, that's not really what devotion is. You see, the the difference between a devoted Christian and a casual Christian is pretty simple. A devoted Christian believes that when they devote themselves to the things of God and doing what God has called them to do, that that is going to then bring about results in life that God wants to happen. And, and they don't actually see those results happening at first. They have a belief and a faith in God that if I continue to follow you, if I am continue to be devoted to you, then these things are going to happen in my life. You see, casual Christians are a lot like bandwagon fans. Once the team starts winning, they start showing up and going, this is awesome, I want to hang around these people. This is This is really good, and we've seen that sometimes. Now, the truth is, as cultures going today, we see less and less people attending church because of cultural Christianity. That's good news if you're sitting here today, all right? We see less and less people who feel that because our culture doesn't necessarily put that on people. So most of the time, people who are in churches today, you can probably make the assumption that they're here because they're looking for something, because they want to see something in their life that's a little bit different than what they're having now, and they're looking for God to lead them in this way. And this passage, as short as it is, gives us a real good picture of what it is that we need to do and where we need to focus our time and our devotion to see these things happening. You see, many, many people in their own personal life and many churches, churches as well as businesses and other organizations are actually missing out on the power that could be happening like we see happening in this passage simply because people aren't devoted to it, they're just attending it or they're a part of it, but it's different when you're devoted to it. People are missing out on the power of it probably because of two things. There's either one or two things that's happening. They're either apathetic about it, they're, they're joining something because they're only looking at it as, well, I guess, you know, I don't really care what happens to the organization or anything else, it's just what I can get out of it or what I can do. Or they have misguided devotion sometimes. They're devoted really to themselves, but they need a platform or a place to be this devoted so that they can gather some people that maybe think like they do and see if they can't pull some of this together. And this misguided devotion is not anything of what we see in Scripture because what we see over and over and over in the early part of Acts is how the church was together. And I find it very interesting that when the church grew from 120 to 3,120, the very next thing that we see is two instances where it says they were together, they were still together, they were together, they were together, they were together. Because that was what was important, they were together and they were devoted to the same things. It doesn't mean they all thought alike or act alike, it just meant that they were devoted and focused on the same type of things, not like some organizations we know that, okay, well. If anybody's ever worked and been in a position of authority, like a boss or whatever, you know the difference between someone who's there for a paycheck and someone who's there to better the organization, right? Because that person who's there for a paycheck is just coming in, they're doing their job, they're checking the box, they're leaving. They don't care. They don't carry it with them. They don't anything. But the person who wants to better the organization, their work looks a little bit different. Their attitude looks a little bit different. Their their level of involvement looks a little bit different. Well, the same thing is true whether you're a member of a gym or whether you're a member of a church or whether you're a member of a homeowners association. You can tell what people's level of devotion is when you look a little bit deeper. But there are some things that happen along the way that may look like devotion, but they're not really devotion. So I wanted to point a few of those out this morning just to help us out. First thing is this. Having a passionate opinion is not the same as being devoted. You need to say amen even though you didn't realize you needed to say amen to that. But having a passionate opinion is nowhere near being devoted. You see, we have passionate opinions about things all the time, and especially in the world where we can get on the Internet and share our passionate opinions with everybody. You are not devoted to anything that they're doing. You just have a passionate opinion about it. And you have sometimes a platform to share those type of things. Don't confuse somebody who has a passionate opinion about things with someone who's actually devoted and working and and being in those type of things. Let's just put it this way, okay? You have no idea what it means to be your boss. (laughs) You have no idea what it means to be your governor, your president, your anything else. We have passionate opinions all the time about people who are over us or in authority. But the truth is, when we stop and think about it, we really don't know all the pieces that they know about what it is that's on their plate and how they're trying to organize things. We're usually passionate for things, that we can't really help this, that only come from our limited perspective. But having a passionate opinion about something is not the same as being devoted. And Scripture, scripture helps us out with this. Proverbs, Proverbs 29.20 says it this way, Do you see someone who speaks too soon? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Well, there you go. So just because someone's talkative about something, just because someone's passionate about something, that doesn't necessarily mean they're devoted to something. Now, can I tell you this? I'm a vocal processor, and I also hold a position where where I have some authority and some people answer to me sometimes. Sometimes those things don't go together very well because sometimes there's some... I'm out talking about things and people go, oh, well, Lyndall said this, this is what he thinks. And I have to come back and go, I was just thinking out loud. This fool spoke too soon, okay? So I, I'm just trying to think through some things. So sometimes just because people are out and they're passionate about this and they go, oh, I just can't believe this is happening or oh, I can't do this, that doesn't, that doesn't make them devoted to it. It doesn't even make them wise. It just means that they're passionate about it. And sometimes you have these type of people who when you really look at what they're devoted to, you can cut into it and you can begin to see that what they're really devoted to is themselves. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 10, 18 says, the one who conceals hatred has lying lips and whoever spreads slander is a fool. It means this, there's some times where people are just like, hey, you know, I don't really like what this person is is doing. I'm going to gather some people together. I'm going to rise up against that. I'm going to spread slander out about that. I'm going to help that not happen. That doesn't make that person devoted. It doesn't make them wise. It doesn't make them right. It makes them like a fool, is what Scripture says. You see, what we continue to see about the disciples is that they were together. And people who are together don't call meetings about the other people who aren't together. People don't get on the phone and go, can you believe what Peter did this week? I cannot believe that Peter said that, well, we ought to get together at breakfast and talk about what Peter did. And all oh, they said, that's slander, and that's hateful, and that's not together. You may have a passionate opinion, but there's a place for you to have a passionate opinion as you're together and as you're seeking the community that's going on. That's where, when you see what they're devoted to, you begin to see that there are a lot of passionate opinions that came together, but there was a right way that it happened. And so that together is key for this. Let me say it this way, too. There's a second thing. Having experience and expertise is not the same as being devoted. Having experience in an area and expertise in an area, it is not the same as being devoted to this area. Proverbs 26.12 says, do you see a person who is wise in his own eyes? (laughs) There's more hope for a fool than for him. I know what they need to do. I can fix the whole thing. if They just hand it off to me. I've been through that. I've done that. I did one of those. I raised one of those. I've been there, done that, did that. It doesn't matter. That doesn't mean you're devoted to it. And that's not what it says anywhere in the scripture of why this happened. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Not a passionate opinion with somebody with expertise. That's not why God worked. God didn't go, I can't believe it. There's somebody here who knows something. Let's let them lead. That's not it. That wasn't the devotion. God gives each of us talents and abilities and things, but God is such a creator, he wants us to come together and use the whole body together, not just one way of doing things. So a lot of times, let's just be honest, a lot of times our expertise limits the power of God. That's another thing you should have said amen to, but you don't realize you needed to do that. A lot of times our expertise, because we've been through something and we know something, we don't give God permission to move in a new way through a new person or a new way of doing things. We just go, oh, no, it only can happen like this. And then the Spirit goes, Whoa. that's not devotion to God, that's devotion to my ways. And so just because someone has expertise in an area, that's not devotion. And I'm just going to point my, my finger at myself. I told you I preach to myself sometimes, and so, so you don't think I'm just picking on everybody else. Let me just say this, having a platform or a position is not the same as being devoted. Just because you may have a position of leadership, just because you may have a platform in which to speak, doesn't necessarily mean you're devoted to the right things. It doesn't. As a matter of fact, Proverbs tells us this honor belongs to the person who ends a dispute, but any fool can get himself into a quarrel. (laughs) Oh, I love Scripture. Isn't that great? That means honor is the person who can lead in such a way who can bring people together, who can be devoted to the cause that's greater than everybody's opinion and stuff. And we can, we can come together and we can end these quarrels and we can end these disputes. Anybody can show up with an a passionate opinion and point out things that people aren't doing well. We call them experts on TV all the time, right? Well, let's bring in the expert on this. What does the expert always do on TV? They point out how this other person is not doing it how they would do it. Thank you, expert. That's awesome. Where do I get that job? I could do that. I could be an expert critic on everybody in this place if I wanted to, and you can do the same to me. That doesn't make us devoted to these type of things. That just means that we have an opinion. A person who has the position and the authority, there's really one thing that Scripture tells us very clearly that we can do for anybody who's in a position of authority in our lives. Pray for them. Pray for them. And allow God to lead them and allow God to guide them, but... But we can trust that no matter what that person is doing, that God's bigger than that, and they can move them through that. But every time, we all want to get our opinion out there and share it. And so I love, there's probably my favorite scripture that I'm going to share with you today. And students, y'all can all memorize it, but I would not say it to your parents, okay? I just thought I would tell you this. There's In the book of Job, if you're not familiar with this verse, in the book of Job, Job has started to lose everything, and his friends show up with all of their opinions about why this is happening to Job. And they start trying to convince Job that, Job, there must be something in your life that you have done that has offended God or that God's mad at you about. There's no way that this stuff could just be happening like this. And so Job, you need to confess your sin. You need to do that. And Job keeps telling them, I, God and I are right. These things are just happening. And he gets so frustrated with his friends sometimes Job 13.5, he says this, if only you would shut up and let that be your wisdom. Amen. If only you would shut up and let that be your wisdom. That is so true for all of us. You might want to write that one down, put that where you drive and maybe see that. Because... This is the truth about this wisdom and about devotion. Just because people are passionate and just because people are are experienced and just that is not devotion. Devotion requires a certain level of humility and a certain level of submission and a and a certain level of going whatever it is God that you're leading me to do, I, I don't care what my past experience said. I don't care what my opinions are. I don't care what anything that's happened before God, whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to devote myself to you. That's what devotion looks like. And God, when this person doesn't do it that way, it's not going to change my focus. I'm devoted to you. And God, when these type of things start happening and cause me to question, that's not going to change my focus. I'm going to stay devoted on you. That's it. And that's what we see in this. And and there's there's something I want to read to you. It's a quote I came across about wise leaders And and, and we look at wise leaders, and these aren't necessarily the most vocal people. They're not necessarily the most passionate people. And, And why do I say this? Because you're a leader. In some area of your life, whether you're leading a family, whether you're leading in a marriage, whether you're leading in a classroom, whether you're leading at work, here's what it means to be a wise leader. Wise leaders are also very patient with people who disagree with them. They do not have to be agreed with because deep down they know they're right, But they're willing to wait for it to become evident. You know what's great about that quote? There's two things that help you out with that. Number one, if you're right and you just wait and let other people figure it out on their own pace, then you're in a much better place. But those times where you may be convinced you're right but you've learned the discipline of just waiting and letting people figure it out, sometimes you figure out you weren't right. And you didn't make a fool of yourself because you learned the discipline of saying, I'm just going to wait. And see how this pans out. See, when we're devoted to God, we understand that, God, you're in control. And whatever it is that I see going on, I don't have to control it. My passionate opinions sometimes don't even really matter. God, my experience sometimes doesn't really matter. What matters is what I'm devoted to because what I'm devoted to is going to bring the results. And what we have to be careful about is when we get more devoted about our passionate opinions and about our preferences than we do the word of God and the person of Jesus Christ, that's when things go haywire in our lives. And that's what we want to keep from doing. See, here's the truth. And I want to say this so that you can maybe evaluate some people in your life and maybe look at it this way and go, who am I listening to and what are they saying? Here's the truth. Wise people are not pot stirrers. They are not pot stirring. They are not bitter. You have somebody in your life who's just bitter. They're just down all the time. Everything they say is negative. Wise people are not pot stirring Bitter people. Wise people don't live in the past. Wise people are always looking, God, where are you taking me today? And they don't build factions of people to rise up against other people just because they have a difference of opinion or a different way of doing things. Here's the truth about wise people. Wise people have an unquestionable love for people. Unquestionable love for people and an unshakable devotion to God. That's a wise person, an unquestionable love for people and an unshakable devotion to God. They know that God is in charge and that God can make whatever needs to happen, happen for God's will to be done. And so they don't get worried when things aren't going their way and when people don't agree with them because their devotion is not in their opinion and their devotion is not in their way and their devotion is not in their self. Their devotion is to God and it's in his hands and they can... Peacefully let this happen however God wants to lead because that's where their trust and their devotion. And what's great about these type of people is the wisdom is not necessarily so much in what they know as much as it is how they express it to other people. It's pretty awesome because it's not just look at me and all I know. Sometimes they say stuff in such a simple way and you just go, uh, wow, I just caught them." Those are the wise people in your life. So sometimes the loudest people are just the loudest people. That's all they are. But be looking for that wisdom in your life. You have to know what people are devoted to to be able to evaluate their wisdom. And so let's look real quickly at these four things that we see that as objects of devotion because it definitely requires a love and respect for a person that far outweighs a preference if we're going to be devoted to the right things. So as I said at the first, is it worth it? Is it worth it to devote myself to the things of God? Is it worth it to devote myself to Jesus and do things the way he says to do it? No matter what my opinion has been, no matter what my experience has said, no no matter what my past has been, is it worth it for me to give my life to Christ? That's the question every one of us must wrestle with every day. So four areas that they were devoted to. The first thing is they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching. Now we have... The apostles teaching today in this form it's god's word it's the bible let me just real clearly tell you i am not an apostle i'm a pastor okay and so you don't have to devote yourself to my teaching yay isn't that awesome good news for everybody we as a church have to devote ourselves to the apostles teaching scripture is very clear about that. It says in Ephesians 4:11 through 13, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, amen. Equipping the saints for the work of the ministry to build the body up of Christ. That's what was happening. They devoted themselves to the apostle for the purpose of equipping the saints to do the ministry of Christ, not just so they could be smart, not just so they could have warm feelings and fuzzy, but to actually do something. And so that's the results that we see happening in this. And the key question for us is, what's the source of my direction? Where do I get my guideposts in life? How do I make decisions? Where do I get directed from in life? And I'm telling you, the first thing that you need to devote yourself to is the apostles' teaching. It's right here. You need to devote yourself to this book. And if this book tells us to do it, then we need to do it. And as a church, we have part of our vision statement when we talk about being a light. means that we want to live out what the Bible says. Not just know it. But live it out. And so to be devoted to the apostles' teaching doesn't just mean you know it. It means that when you see something in it that teaches you that you need to adjust your life to get in line with it, that you do it. That's the devotion that's there. The second thing that we see that they devoted themselves to was the fellowship. The fellowship. That means they came together. That means it was important for them to be around one another. Could you imagine could you imagine if they weren't devoted to the fellowship? And there was that one who on the day of Pentecost was going, it's cold. I don't know that I'm going to church today. And well, I'm just going to skip out this one time. And then they call him, dude, you would not believe what happened today. Like fire came down. We're all talking in different languages. 3,000 people are now part of the church. And they show up going, where did all these people come from? They're sitting in my seat. I can't believe all the... Uh. Could you imagine being that person? But honestly, that's that's how we tend to approach it sometimes in our culture is that that we've not devoted ourselves to the fellowship. We're just a part of a fellowship. And there's a difference. There's a reason that we need to be devoted to coming together. Proverbs tells us this. Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron and one one person sharpens another. That means you have to be around someone to be sharp. A lot of people, well, I can grow Christ in my own. It's look like they're trying to sharpen themselves like this. What are you sharpening? Air does not sharpen you. You've got to be around other people. You have to be devoted to the fellowship. There's a reason God wants us to come together. We need to be dependent on him and dependent on one another. The key question that you need to ask yourself is a very important question. Who am I doing life with? Who am I doing life with? That means, who's that person that you call when, like, okay, I I need to talk with someone. Who are they? What are they devoted to? What are they about? You need to be devoted to the fellowship. The third thing it says is the breaking of bread. Amen. Okay, we're Baptists, so we can do this. But it's not just talking that they got together and eat. You need to think about this. They were devoted to the breaking of bread. Why? What was the last thing that Jesus did with his disciples? He brought them together and he said, look, as often as you do this, as often as you come together and eat, you need to do this and remember me. It says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, 26, as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So the key question for us here is, why am I doing this? Why, why am I, if I'm devoted to this teaching and I'm devoted to this fellowship, but there's got to be a why. What's the big picture why? It's because of what Christ has done in me. It's because what Christ has done in my life and what he wants to continue to do in the lives of others. That's the why we do these things. And then the last thing it says that they were devoted to, they were devoted to prayer. We saw that, Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. The key question for us is, what's our source? Where's our power coming from? Where's our energy coming from? Where's our motivation coming from. It's coming from a prayer life, a, a time when we're spending time connecting with God and allowing His Spirit to communicate with our hearts. That it is so important that we're devoted to that prayer, not just the fellowship, not just the teaching, but that prayer, that one-on-one connection with God, because that's where God speaks to us and guides us as an individual. Here's what I love about this church that you see as it happens all throughout the book of Acts. They were devoted to these things and it helped keep them focused on the right things, even though they were an incredibly diverse group of people. God didn't didn't cookie cutter us all and want us all to do the same thing. God gave us different gifts and different abilities, different opinions, different experiences. But when we devote ourselves to the same things and we focus in this way, then that's when we begin to see God answering prayer. That's when we begin to see results happening in our life that actually come to life. Not this cultural Christianity where, well, I'm part of church, I'm just supposed to go. No, you have to be devoted. I'll just tell you this. Coming to a church doesn't really fix anything. I just thought I'd share that with you. It doesn't. It's being devoted to the same things that the apostles were devoted to. That's when God begins to work in a life and a heart. So our goal is this. If you want to be devoted, it's every day in every way. It's not just Sundays. It's not just two times a week. It's every day in every way we devote ourselves to the things that God wants us to devote ourselves to, and we can follow the model that the disciples have given us right here. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. It is from the Lord who is the Spirit. What this means is that as a follower of Christ, We devote ourselves to these things and what happens is we begin to be transformed to be more like Jesus Christ. We begin to see those results when we devote ourselves to these things. And when we as a church, and let me just say this is not just for our church, this is for Lakeshore and Northside and New River and the Episcopal Church and St. Stephen's and everybody else. When When we as a church devote ourselves to these things, here's what begins to happen. Everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. And all the believers were together and held all things in common. And they sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. And every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. That's church, and that's what we want to be a part of. Would you pray with me?